Well, hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Asley, and alongside me is... Trip Kramer. Hello, everybody. And Jonathan, hello. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. We're I rocking we and rolling. Gonna, I, I thought we weren't going to do this topic for a while. Did now, I say All of a sudden, that? you want to do it. I don't know. I just felt like this was worth discussing because it's there's no timeline to this. It was just... I just felt inspired to today. Okay. All I right. like it. I so, mean, I know we both have talked about long distance relationships and in our other businesses and our dating advice businesses. And we know that it's not the hottest topic because not everybody is in a long distance relationship. But the people who are, I'm yeah. sure, will be listening to this episode. Well, let I me ask wonder, you. I wonder oh, how have much you... you're going to hate us afterwards. Or I know. We'll, we'll find out. So I was wondering, have you actually ever been in a long-distance relationship? I have. Okay. Yes. Okay. So one of the... Well, well let's get we into it in the show. Oh, okay. Well, well not, I mean, it, we are in the show, but... <laughs> Later. Okay, so yeah. the answer is yes. Have you? Okay. And I have, too. Actually, a very long, long-distance relationship going on. It went six years, so... Six years? Yeah. Well, technically on and off six years. <laughs> you must have been, this must have been pre-marriage, right? No, pre, this is pre- my you-know-who. <laughs> six years you-know-who. Oh, that was long distance? Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So so what is a long distance relationship? Oh, Let's just get yes, into it. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, interesting. Yes. What is a long? Because okay, I think so, you were thinking one thing and I was thinking something else. So Exactly, which will be fun. This is why we're well, talking about You go about first this. then. What What is a long-distance relationship? Okay, so a long-distance relationship. So when I talk to my guys in the dating advice arena, I say something really polarizing. People freaking hate me for this. Okay, I'm I say a long-distance relationship is longer than a one-hour drive to the person. Well, okay, actually, I well, I actually think, yeah, because it's not miles, it's hour, it's driving, right? Because you could here in Los Angeles, fifteen miles is an hour drive. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, exactly. So it, it's time. I don't yeah. know if I say that that's a long distance relationship, but I do say I don't recommend people date someone who's over an hour away, just because it's it's annoying. So what do you think? What do you th- well, it's interesting because it's interesting because and I think this is a great way to begin because I'm in agreement with you. Anything longer than a one hour drive is a long distance relationship. And with that said, though, I know so many people in relationships where it's a plane hour ride, where it could be a, a one hour, two hour, five hour plane ride is their relationship. So. I think it's kind of important to discuss this from the perspective of, is it a one hour drive, a one hour plane ride, a five hour plane ride? Because I think each one is a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you typically think about long distance relationship. You think a long drive or some sort of plane ride. Yeah. You know, Here's the thing. And I shared, you know, we were joking in the beginning. I I was in a six year relationship that was roughly about 32 miles. And at the worst day of traffic, it was an hour and 20 minute ride. And if I left it like 
two in the morning, it, I could do it in 45 minutes. So, okay, and so the average the was best an hour. 45, 45 yeah, minutes it, at the best. And that was when, by the way, there's this meme I saw on Facebook once that said, I would drive on the 405 at rush hour to meet you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And anyone who lives in Los Angeles knows this freeway called the 405. And uh, and I know you used to live in Los Angeles. so you. I it. bet you there's someone right now listening to this episode who's on the 405. And they're freaking out. Now they're freaking out more because I'm saying this. Yeah. <laughs> because the 405, that's a great podcast yeah. highway, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I would consider long distance is anywhere where it takes a significant amount of time to reach them physically. And so obviously everyone has their own definitions of that. I well, think that after about an hour, hour and a half, you're getting into that territory. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into how, you know, cause a relationship, I believe a relationship is built through continuity and what I mean is regular time together. So in the relationship I was in, and now I'm dying to know what yours was, we pretty much saw each other once during the week and then we were together on the weekend. So, you know, it was like maybe a, you know, a Tuesday or Wednesday. It was like a one day or it was like a really a 12 hour thing. And then the weekends were pretty much, you know, come over late Thursday, Friday and hang out till Monday morning. And I would it was typically I was the one doing the driving. I'd leave really early. You know, what's funny is the people who are listening right now who are in the plane long distance relationships yeah. where they got to get on a plane. They're like, fuck you. That's nothing. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> well, they're like, that's that's nothing. Just a, a drive. Okay. You get to spend that much time with them and then see them every weekend. So I have a theory about the plane ride relationships versus it's the one hour plane ride or longer or the one hour drive. And the one hour plane ride or longer are what I call bubble relationships. Okay, what's that? Okay, so typically you're not seeing each other frequently. So it might be once a month, sometimes, especially if it's a long plane ride. But if it's a short plane ride, it's usually once a month, maybe twice in a month. And what happens is you spend all this concentrated time together like you're in a bubble. So you have this great time. You have great sex. You enjoy all these activities. And then you go back to your respective home. And what happens with bubble relationship, this is my terminology, is that you experience all the best and you don't experience the real mundane stuff of a relationship, or at least the day to day. And the conflicts that usually come up because you're so excited to see each other. You have this great sex together because the first thing you do is jump into bed. And then, or at least that's been my experience anyway. Actually, I've had long distance dating. I've had plane ride away dating, but not relationships. So <laughs> I don't think that, well, that, that wouldn't count for this since we're talking today about the so, long distance um, relationships. And, and I, yeah, it's a dopamine it's rush, a bubble. isn't it? Yeah. It's a dopamine rush. Because I remember when I was in my long distance relationship, you How see How far them, away was it? Oh, it was LA to Chicago. Oh, okay. So it was a plane ride away. It was a pretty decent plane ride away. Yeah. What's that? Four hours. Four, four hours. hours. You know, but really, it's an eight or nine hour when you take the time to get to the airport and you get to their place. You're carving up a fair amount of time. Oh, sure. So how yeah, long did that relationship go for? Okay. So, well, first, so it was my end of college relationship. I was 22. Okay. 
And so uh, I see you're making the face. Because you were a baby back then. (laughs) No, I I, I get it. Listen, sometimes I don't count that one as one of the relationships. But then again, I was 22. That's not, I wasn't 11. You know, I was 22. (laughs) It was still a relationship. She was my girlfriend. I was of legal drinking age. Okay. So I would. Well, I don't mean to disparage anyone that's in their 22, 23. It's just there's a, you're kind of in that early stage of adulthood and you can you can be you know cavalier to some degree it's when you're in your late 20s 30s or you know like a old fart like i am it's a whole different ball game <laughs> and i i get that i look back at that relationship too and i even question was that a relationship that- wait a minute when you said when we had our first podcast and we talked about how many relationships you had did you include that one i did Okay, okay. <laughs> I did. The one that was iffy was the one that was, we'll call it five months long in high school. <laughs> My girlfriend in high school. I mean, that's like, I don't know if you want to count that. Okay. I, I, it's, I probably would not count that. That's a high school relationship. It's not well, a I, I, I guess it, it depends on who, if you had, were intimate with them. <laughs> or, wait, or how about this? How about people who met in high school and are married? I know a couple people who were high school sweethearts. You got to count it. Yeah, so I guess you would. Okay, so now I'm at six. (laughs) Okay, and I'm still at... Now, keep in mind, we said a year or long... Oh, no, remember, I think we said a year or longer counts as a relationship. Okay, doesn't count then. Okay, but really, it should be six months or longer counts as a relationship. So the long-distance relationship that I was in at the end of college, we were long-distance because I went to University of Illinois and she went to Iowa, so that was about a three to four hour drive. Okay. So it was long distance that for, I don't know, four months. And then I moved to LA and then for the next, whatever, six or seven months, it was it was a plane ride. And so I remember that dopamine rush from seeing her and then that depression when they had to go and then figuring out when you'd see them again. It was, honestly, it was miserable. It felt like an addiction. You know, like when you get the thing that you're really addicted to and you get it, yeah. it feels so good. Yeah. You're a high highs and low lows. It wasn't so, very balanced. So then, well, let's get into what's the upside and downside of a long distance relationship. Because, I mean, our listeners are a variety of different people, you know, circumstances here that are listening to this. Let's what are some of the upsides and downsides? That's an interesting question, because I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head. But you just said the, one. The, the dopamine rush. I mean, is that an upside or a downside? <laughs> uh, um, well, that's a downside. Okay. That's a downside. I was okay. going to say, I can't think off the top of my head of what an upside would be of like the reason why oh. it would be good to be in a long term relationship. Yeah. Hit me. Well, there's okay. So the dopamine rush. So in some cases when you're it will, you know, you're Megan and you see each other every day, there's that. On some level, maybe there isn't mystery, if you will, or that newness that you would feel, that excitement to when you walk in the door and they're like, oh, my God, I've been waiting to see you. And and again, you jump into bed together oftentimes, which I think is an upside. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Okay, you so <laughs> you bring up a really good point. Let's dive in. Let's take it's just a because, quick little detour. Yeah, because okay. I think a lot of people... This is my perception is they choose long distance relationship for that reason. For what reason? Because of that 
rush that you get and then kind of that beginner not beginner's mind but just that beginner's rush if you will not even beginners but that newness it, 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 I know what I know what you're saying it yeah. extends the honeymoon phase yeah it can I think no data here to back this up opinion only I bet you it can extend the honeymoon phase by double or triple the honeymoon phase according to articles I've read on psychology yeah. today from psychologists go from 12 to 18 months so that's okay. when the honeymoon phase is Okay. So I would imagine that the honeymoon phase would probably go at least a few years because you're not seeing each other. So the quick detour I wanted to make was this idea that think about it is crazy that you can be dating someone for several years and still get that dopamine rush. Whereas if you were in a we'll call it a short distance relationship. Yeah. If you're in a short distance relationship after 18 months, when you get to two years, three years, you start living with the person, that dopamine rush doesn't come. Yeah. But when does it come back? When the person goes and takes a trip. Yeah. When Megan goes and takes a trip, when I go and take a trip, come home, so excited to see them. Is that the same feeling I get when I saw her yesterday and come home? I mean, maybe I'm excited, but not compared to when I'm gone. So that's I know interesting. To, <laughs> hold on. I want to make a point here because this is this could be yeah. kind of a bit of advice, and I I'm playing with this idea too. Is is the idea of having some separation in a relationship? I think a long distance relationship to get on a plane is the extreme of that version, but to have a relationship where you're not necessarily seeing each other all the time to create more of that desire. This is kind of like Esther Perel talk yeah. here. Well, I also think provided that you have a well-organized long-distance relationship, and, and that's the key. And what I mean by well-organized, there's a plan in place, there's a an intentionality versus those people that, I, I know a lot of people that are quite frankly in long-distance relationships and they don't realize it's really just a casual relationship. In fact, it's more like a an overextended friends with benefits in some cases, and they don't even know oh. about it. So I would say in a well-organized, long-distance plane right away, you could have that dopamine rush. And I think some couples might prefer it because maybe they have busy lives where they live. Maybe they have a really extensive life that they didn't even have time for a, a relationship if someone was in the backyard where they lived around the corner. I just hope that the person who's thinking that is being honest with themselves because I think that sometimes people in long distance relationships will rationalize why it's good and say something like that. They backwards rationalize, well, you know, it's, it's good because I'm a busy person, but are they really like how many, I wonder what the percentage of people in a long distance relationship are actually really seriously happy with the fact that they're long distance. I'd fi I'd figure, right? Most people you'd ask just straight up black and white, are you happy being long distance? Probably most of them would say no, right? And I think you nailed it with that whole I think they rationalize their long distance relationship. It's it's interesting because when I've done videos before on this and women say, "Oh, I was in a long distance relationship and the distance wasn't the issue." And I'm like, "No." 
The issue was you didn't get to spend concentrated time together to really learn about the person. So you rationalize the distance as being okay because of the dopamine rush. What you didn't contemplate was a real relationship is actually built through the storms. That's where a relationship is built through the, the threshold barriers because ultimately, and we've, you know, we'll talk about this more, the Gottman's work talks about the importance of conflict resolution skills. Well, when you're in a bubble relationship, you never have conflict. I mean, other than if one person is doing more of the traveling than the other. But some people go, I don't mind. After a while, they mind. <laughs> right. And I, I like what you said there. That's really good. Weathering the storms and you can't prepare for conflict as well. However, I will say that when you're in a long distance relationship, there could be more fighting potentially. Maybe long distance relationship. I remember anecdotally in my long distance relationship, we fought all the time. And that was because jealousy, what are you doing? What's going on? Like you never saw the person. So it would make for this kind of rough relationship. You made me think of an upside. <laughs> the kind of the upside is you can break up pretty easily <laughs> because you could basically not invite the person over again. That sounds terrible. But did you get my point? You know, like the upside is when you end, there's not, a, I mean, other than maybe you have to box up your stuff and send them to the other person. <laughs> that sounds terrible oh, that I thought that, this. Well, I mean... I, yeah, I guess that's an upside, but it's also an upside to the downside. <laughs> exactly. Well, are there any other upsides that we haven't thought of? Let's brainstorm for a second. I mean, an upside is something that's good from it. I mean, this is not an upside. And this is, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but I understand why sometimes it needs to be long distance. And it's not really an upside to it. It's like, it's not a pro, but I understand that sometimes there are relationships that have to be long distance, but it's going to be for a short amount of time. For example, well, I had a friend who her boyfriend was going to get his master's degree mm -hmm. and he was getting it a little bit, or I don't know, maybe it was the correct time, whatever. He was getting his master's and he had to go to another state and get his master's degree. So it's long distance, but they've already been dating for several years. So it's like, well, do you do you break up because of that? Well, no, you, you try to make it work because you know there's an end date to it. Well, and I was just thinking about people that are in military service and they're, you know, I mean, those who are married and their husband or wife is deployed for a period of time. And those, I think those folks almost go in expecting that to happen. And they probably have a plan in place in those cases, which makes it a little bit more unique than those that are, you know, they're online dating. They meet someone who's like, you know, two hour plane ride away. They go on that date. And then next thing you know, they're in a long distance relationship that was really more of a like they were just having fun. And at first and versus someone who's really people that are in the military, I think are probably more used to this than the average person as an example. Yeah. I won't even call that specifically long distance because that there's an end date to that. So if there's an end date to it being long distance, 
meaning you know that they're coming within back within a couple years, kind of thing, or to, you within know, a reasonable breaks. amount of yeah. time. You know, then that makes sense. Well, but I felt it was important not, to address it because you know someone who's in the, that circumstance right now might be wondering, you know, if it's worth it or not. I don't know. I'm just putting. No, it no, no. I'm glad you brought that up. That is definitely a long distance relationship. I guess my point here is is that I tell people do not get into long distance relationships. Okay. Do not get into long distance relationships. But of course, if you know there's an end date then that's a different story. Okay. So we've talked about upsides. We've talked about downsides, right? So I have a feeling, I don't know if either one of us is really knows the answer to this per se, but how to make them work, you know? <laughs> I think we intuitively do, but I'd like to play with you a little bit to see how we think a good long distance relationship could work. Well, in the big scheme of things, to connect to what I just said, yeah. If you really want it to work, like actually work, you need to have an end date. You need to have a plan, an end date. Yeah, plan. Yes. I, I think of it a more plan of, as for a an plan. end date to well, be in a, the same city. Exactly. I think that's, and by the way, I think that should be discussed, I'm going to say no later than six months in. Well, it depends. Let's let's play this out. Okay, what is okay. this? How did this long distance relationship even start? Okay, well then let's. You met someone online. They happen to be a couple hour plane ride away. You it met was, someone on a vacation. Oh, well, does that even happen anymore? I guess it sure. does. Sure. Uh, yeah. By the it way, it used to be. You don't know this, but back in the eighties, when Club Med. Club Med started all these singles events like in Cabo and Cancun and such like that. And people would meet at one of these events and they'd be literally living one in New York and one in L.A. And that's how it got started. They met at one of these events. Nowadays, it tends to be more online dating. So um, true, true. That's so going to. Yes. And that's going to be so the easy. I bet you because of online dating that the amount of long distance relationships have probably increased over the past 20 years. And I'm going to, this is anecdotal, but I'm going to say thousands of percent. I mean, you know, that's easily. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like ridiculous because up until. So it's internet, not, this topic is more relevant than ever. Isn't it? Yeah. Cause before the internet, you pretty much, you dated, you met people that lived literally within your proximity. And as you go back every hundred years, that proximity is closer and closer and closer. <laughs> In 1910, there was no long distance relationships. You, yeah, but well, I talk about this frequently. But up, in, think about Neanderthal. Unless you were very cave, rich. Well, let's think about this. Neanderthal cavemen. It was 15 men, 15 women. That was your. That's your pool to choose from. And then it was your tribe, and then it was your village, and then it was your town, and then. It could have been college. It could have been your workplace. And literally up until the 70s, you know, your workplace actually was one of the predominant places to meet as you got a little bit older. So and technology changed everything. Technology changed it all. Technology allowed for long distance relationships to work. Damn you, technology. Wasn't that our second episode? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, episode. didn't we talk about technology? <laughs> we did. We did. We, we talked about all the ways how it's... How, well, we talked about the good and the pros and cons for it, and this is one of the cons. So it's, okay. it's allowed us to do long distance. Well, some people might say it's a pro. 
that think, technology has allowed for long distance to, to keep up. Like if someone yeah. is deployed, in, you know, halfway across the world, technology allows them to be able to text each other yeah. and FaceTime, FaceTime and, and do all those thing. wonderful things. So, so I think back, technology is good for that. Yeah, exactly. And so to make it work, you know, one is I think it's important to have a plan at some point. Now, I said six months in to start. And I know you probably think that's too early. At the same time, do you want to invest two years in this with someone who basically is very rigid and they have no plan and they don't want to move? Then it puts all the pressure on the other person. Well, Jonathan, I would say that if anyone listening to this, whoever is listening to this right now, you just have to avoid getting in the trap of a long distance relationship. Of course, there's thoughts to the people right now who are like, oh, I'm in a long distance relationship. How do I make it work? But my advice would be if there's ever a opportunity where you meet someone and they don't live close to you, you need to avoid that like the plague. Unless you and I would say maybe it's I said six months, quite frankly, it probably should be the topic of conversation before you go too deep with a person. If you're going to go down this path, I've I know some people say, well, I'm going to plan to move to your city anyway. Well, Sometimes people say that, but they don't pull the trigger. Which is where you need the game plan. Yeah. So I think the other thing to make it work is we just talked about technology, you know, making sure you have regular FaceTime or Zoom calls with one another. And they're not just mundane conversations, too. It's, It's important to have, you know, important conversations with each other. Like what? Well, not how's your day going? Did you have a good day? I hope you had a good day. I mean, going beyond this and really talk about what's going on in your individual lives, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. And not, in other words, I think some people might hold back on, for lack of a better word, the ugly, because they don't want to, their fear of affecting the relationship. So coming back to that idea of the bubble, it's always got to be perfect. Otherwise, you're afraid the person's going to leave if they hear one blemish in your life. Yeah. Just a thought. I'm not suggesting it's the right thought (laughs) i'm just thinking about it yeah no it's and then going back to this idea of you know the little things you could do to make the long distance relationship work i mean i don't know i feel like it's intuitive right everyone knows what to do you're going to text a lot you're going to facetime a lot it almost doesn't matter one thing do it do do whatever you want to do the most important thing is when are you guys going to be together yeah one thing would be cool is handwritten letters mailed i think that could be done whether you're in long distance or even down the street relationship. I like little things like that too. You know, I don't mean that from a romantic sense, but it's, it's just, we've gotten so addicted to technology. I feel as though some of the simple things, by the way, think about hundreds of years ago, the way you communicated with someone was through mail. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think that now, can add... And now it's it's not the same. Yeah. You literally time, get in touch with someone you with mailed a handwritten letter to someone you care about. I, I should probably do that. I did get that, your invitation for the wedding, though. That was nice. That was not handwritten, though. I know. <laughs> that was that was computer printed. Okay, so have we kind of figured out how to make them work? I mean, yeah, I would say you need to get on the same page with your partner about where this is headed and in a reasonable amount of time. Oh, so I even if even if you've been in a long distance relationship, 
for three months, wherever you are in the long distance relationship right now, I don't care if it's a week or it's been a year, and you don't have a plan of where you guys are going to end up, that conversation needs to be had. Okay. I want to put a caveat. Here's the thing. For the one-hour drive relationship, that's one thing. I was, when I said having a plan, I'm really thinking about the plane ride relationships. I think there's a big difference. And again, if it's a two-hour drive, you know, one-hour drive is kind of within the scope. They're in your city practically. But when you get two, three, four-hour drives away. That's a long time. Yeah. And so I... I Round trip that, you know, that's a lot of hours. So I think... The most important thing is healthy communication when you're apart and then a plan of how we're going to take this distance to something shorter. And don't, you know, I think, okay, I've got one quick thought because I work with women. They oftentimes compromise themselves in this area. They're the ones that do a lot of the bending over backwards. And that's not fair either. I just have to put that out there. What's not fair? I think oftentimes men can be a little bit like men and it's like they can be a little lazy, not to suggest they won't drive and whatnot. But I've noticed a lot of women are the ones who have to compromise their living situation to move into the man's place versus the other way around. That's just an observation I've noticed. But then again, I only work with women. So that's all I hear. I mean, I talk to guys who are in long distance relationships and they make the drives. I know that much. They're okay. making the drives. But but yeah, I want to go back to something you said earlier that's okay. that's really important earlier on this episode. We were talking about this idea of weathering the storm, of having a relationship where you can spend a good amount of time together to see the person in all their different emotional situations and stressed, happy, sad, anxious go through conflict together. So that means, I'm just trying to break this down piece by piece. That means that you need to spend a lot of time with that person to do that. So even if you are in like the hour and a half range, it's not so much about driving that distance. It's about how much is the distance preventing you from seeing that person often. So if you're a person who's Driving an hour and a half. the personalities of that person. <laughs> yes. So if you're a person who's able to drive an hour and a half multiple times per week and it doesn't bother you, then it's probably fine. I don't know how many people have that situation, but just hypothetically speaking. But the problem is when it gets into the two hour plus range, that just means that you're not going to take that drive as often, which makes it more long distance because long distance we're saying is by definition almost you're not getting in front of that person, having oh. dates with them on a more consistent basis. Okay, so you just, uh, the ding, 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 ding went in my head. It's really, how often are you seeing each other? Yes. Because, again, if you're even if you're a plane right away and you saw each other every weekend or even twice during the yeah, week. Yeah, if you're a multimillionaire yeah. and you got a yeah. jet and you yeah. can fly over there a couple times per yeah. week is long well, distance first a big off, deal probably uh, not by, by the way there's not that many multi-millionaires but no uh, this is this is an extreme no, i know but let's just say you happen to be a flight attendant you know and you you know you can travel quite a bit you know as an example sure these so, are exceptions okay these are exceptions. so really the question then i think is the most important question and we didn't even think about you really kind of shine the light on this 
is are you getting the quality time together and what I mean by quality time, are you also getting the quality of conflict time together? And what I mean to say is those times where your personalities come out and can you weather the storm? Can you go through these threshold barriers and can you resolve conflict in such a way that it strengthens your relationship? Now, here's another thing. In long distance relationships, you are usually doing usually fun stuff. It's like, yeah, oh, they're the there bubble. for the weekend. You're in the bubble. Yeah. So, ah, actually, as I'm saying this, maybe I'm wrong here, but I'll finish it. Is that when you're getting together once a month in your long distance or once every couple of weeks, usually like you're doing this fun thing. Like, are you really taking the weekend to sit on the couch? But actually, maybe you are. So I'm kind of taking this back as I'm saying it. Maybe you are going, okay, I'm going to come and fly into L.A. this weekend and spend time with you and let's just hang at home. But the problem is, is you're just not doing that frequently and you need those moments. No, I don't think, again, I, I'm not an expert on the plane ride relationships. I can only observe what I've seen. But it's important to have both those Netflix chill moments. And certainly it's great to have those, hey, let's go, you know, mountain biking this weekend or we're going to do something else this weekend that's fun, you know, bubble related. And ultimately, though, the quality of a relationship is going to be at the end of the day. And I've said this a lot of times already on this podcast, the ability to weather the difficult times that ends up determining the quality of your relationship. And if you're not experiencing difficult times because you're in this bubble, the minute. Oh, here's what happens is you've been going a couple of years with this and you have a conflict and you could see a person completely fold when there's conflict and then boom, the relationship is over because they didn't build the roots of trust right from the get go. Yep. So, so what happens if the love starts to fade in a long distance relationship? Oh man. If the love, if that's like, if the love starts to fade in a long distance relationship, something's wrong. Because in theory, that's you're, you become attached to someone and you want to see them all the time and you can't. And that will give you such a bigger burning desire. Oh, I th- I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this. Or what if somebody interesting came into your life during this period of time? Who you can see more often. Yeah, I mean, imagine that could be. And, and I would suspect that's a fear that maybe one or both people might feel is that you know, what if they just start to talk to somebody they met at the grocery store and all of a sudden it's because they're around the corner, they're spending time and you're the couple that only see each other once every a couple weeks. I mean, these are some of the, I guess this would come back to a downside. I think that could cause the love to fade. Um, can I read something? Please. An, ex, an excerpt from Wikipedia? Oh, sure. Okay. It's from the long distance relationship Wikipedia page. <laughs> It's a few sentences. I think this will be interesting. Okay. So this is called Statistics in the U.S. Okay. And by the way, right above it, it says military long distance relationship. See? (laughs) So that's another, you know. Oh, it's a whole other category. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. Okay. 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 In 2005, a survey suggested that in the U.S., 
14 to 15 million people consider themselves to be in a long-distance relationship. By 2015, this number remained at about 14 million. Interesting, so it didn't increase. About 32.5% of college relationships are long-distance. Oh, that was me. Okay. <laughs> that was me. It says the average amount of distance in... Oh, this is so cool. The average amount of distance in a long-distance relationship is 125 miles. Couples in a long-distance relationship call each other every 2.7 days. I'm just reading off stats. Okay. On average, couples in a long-distance relationship will visit each other 1.5 times a month. Oh, my God. That's so oh. low. Also, couples in a long-distance relationship expect to live together around 14 months into the relationship. About 40% of couples in long-distance relationships break up. That was the one I was looking for. Interesting. About 40% of couples in long-distance relationships break I up. I would have thought that number was double or triple higher. that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was like 80%. Yeah. Uh, it says around four and a half months into the relationship is the time when couples most commonly start having problems. Then it says 70% Wait, what of period couples... period of time do they have problems? When? Around four and a half months into the relationship okay. is the time when couples most commonly start having problems. Wow. 70% of couples in a long-distance relationship break up due to unplanned circumstances and events. See? Conflicts often or... or oh, circumstances or events. So, yes, some there might be some... So that's that's a big number. Situation. Out of all of the breakups, so if we just pool all the breakups from a long distance, 70% of that are due to unplanned circumstances and events. I don't know what that means. It's very vague. Well, let me give you an example. You just lost your job. That might be an unplanned circumstance or you have had to change in your profession or you have oh. a child. Maybe you have children and there's something going on with a child or something. Yeah. Maybe what we were talking about earlier is an unplanned circumstance or event brings a lot of stress, a lot of conflict, yes. and maybe long-distance relationships, back to your point, don't have the strength to be able to yes. hold on during times of adversity. All right, here's a few more. 75% of all engaged couples have at some point been in a long-distance relationship, and around 10% of couples continue to maintain a long-distance relationship after marriage. Wow. See, now I, I'm going to guess that these numbers are based on since technology. I mean, this is all in the last 20 years and not, you know, what was around, say, or maybe even the last 10 years, but certainly probably not 30 years ago. Yeah, it looks like this is all from a survey in 2005. Oh, yeah. Oh, so this really? Is all, so this mm -hmm. isn't I mean, this is 17 years old. I wonder yeah. what it is today. Yeah, this is from a survey done. Yeah. So that was a long time ago. Wow. Very interesting. Well, if any of you want to <laughs> check that out, I would just, if you want to learn more, it's a pretty hefty page here in the Wikipedia. Okay. okay. okay I'm going to check it so, out after we wrap up. So are they worth it? Is a long distance relationship worth it? I guess it's repetitive here. It's worth it if you know you're going, it's not worth it to choose it. <laughs> but it's worth it to go through it if you know that there is a pretty short end date to the long distance. Okay. That's my that's my opinion. I love that. I'm going to accept that. I had a monkey wrench in this. <laughs> Speaking of monkey wrenches this episode. So I'm in a situation in my life where I'm kind of happy being on my own. 
I'm actually kind of happy. I'm enjoying my time by myself. I kind of sometimes fantasize maybe a long distance relationship would be perfect because it's the bubble. <laughs> but then you said, is it really a relationship or is it yeah. just a uh, friends with benefits, benefits in a long it. distance? <laughs> it's not a because if you really, really want like you. There's a By the way, I'm, I'm retracting that. I'm just saying that there's, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people that go, you know, I'm pretty happy with my life. And the benefit of long distance is I don't have to see the person all the time. In fact, yeah. I know some married couple, going back to, you talked about missing people, uh, you know, like when you're together a lot. I know some married couples, they're like, hey, will you go on a vacation? Because <laughs> I want to have some space from you. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, um, I, I think I think it, it begs to say this. Uh, the yeah. char- in the I can't get over this Wikipedia article. It says the characteristics of a long distance relationship, or it says the unique challenges for those in long distance relationships are increased financial burden to maintain the relationship, difficulty maintaining geographically close friendships while in the long distance. Oh. Uh, Why didn't we read judging- this like? 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I know. Difficulty judging the state of a relationship from a distance. You were mentioning that. Yeah. And high expectations by partners for the quality of limited face-to-face meetings in the relationship. So I'm going to, this is my perception and it piggybacks on yours. I think choosing one should be almost the last resort. And I think ultimately, Yeah. I just think it should be your last resort. And if you're in one, make sure you have a plan of figuring out how this is going to work because just the statistics alone prove that these are very challenging relationships. Jonathan, I had a great time talking about this topic. Thank you for pushing this on uh, to do this on a sooner basis. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for listening today. We would appreciate a five-star rating on Spotify and, of course, on iTunes, leaving a review. It helps spread the word of the podcast and get it out to as many people as possible who are also interested and want to just dive into everything, couplehood and relationships. And, of course, you can subscribe. I think I said that already. Anyway, thanks for listening. Signing off here, Trip Kramer. Jonathan Asley. (laughs) You'll get that eventually. All right, take care.